And this is the second part of our stocks where we look at some of those characteristics that are, are helpful to understand in order to think again about things on the risk return uh, spectrum. So the first one that we're going to think about is uh, earnings per share, what's commonly known as EPS. So the earnings per share is not necessarily in your textbook, but it is one you should know. And the earnings per share are really easy, easy to solve. It's just the total earnings that the company had. So earnings or profit, another way of thinking of that, the profit after they've paid everything out divided by the number of shares outstanding. And we have an example of this in your notes on page 16 of your notes. We'll get to that in a second. We have a, an example in your note where uh, a company has a million shares outstanding, so a million shares, and they've earned $3 million. So for every share that they have, how much profit was there? And as an investor, you could see why we would like to know that. So the EPS then is simply the three million in earnings divided by the one million shares and we end up with an earnings per share of three dollars. Now one thing I want to warn you about when it comes to uh, earnings per share is that earnings per share, not earnings are, all earnings are the same and numerous times we're going to look at companies where earnings are different. So I'm going to call this when we just looked at company A, I want to look at another company here. And let's suppose that this company as well has reported 3 million in earnings. But instead of dividing their company into a million different parts, they've done it into 3 million parts. So it might be the case that for every one share we have over here, there's three shares that are a third of the value. Notice that the EPS for these folks is going to look just a little bit different. It's going to appear though it's a larger number when in fact that larger number has just come as a result of the fact that there are more shares available. So we've got to be really careful to not necessarily compare those two numbers. To look at is a book value. And book value is kind of like the accounting value. How much stuff is there is there there? And it's often cited as being the the value of shareholder equity. So how much is left for shareholders? So sometimes it's thought of as the assets minus the liabilities. In your textbook, they have also described it as a little bit different than the notes. They have described it as being the sum of all common shares outstanding. So however much those are worth on a par value, so they'll have a, a nominal value associated with each share plus any capital that's in excess of par that's been put into the company. And we're going to add on 
whatever retained earnings. So those earnings per share and those total earnings, whatever is left after we paid out our dividends is our retained earnings. So in essence, if we sold the company today and we sold off all of its parts, book value is kind of like the value of its parts. And that could be a, a, a good number to know. If we think about a company, for example, that has got a price of, um, I'm not going to do the example in your notes, uh, a price of um, $20 per share, but we find out that the book value per share is only $5, then it's saying if everything went broke, we would only get $5 back on the 20 we paid. So it's often a good number. And sometimes you can actually find companies where the book value is larger than the, uh, than the price. The next one we want to look at is, is market capitalization. Let's call this market cap for short. So this is the amount to buy the whole company. So we'll imagine for a second, how would you do that? Well, you would have to buy up all the shares. So the market cap is going to be equal to the value of every share, so the price, P0, that's the price, multiplied by the number of shares outstanding. So how, uh, however many shares that this company has been divided into. What would it cost? And we often think about that as being the, the price of the company. So as an example, and we'll take this right from your notes, a company has 5 million shares outstanding. And they have each share, so if we were to buy a share, we would see the price quoted at $12. So the market cap then is going to be the price for every share multiplied by the number of shares that we have. And it's going to give us a market cap of $60 million. We want to look now at something called the payout ratio. And this has a lot of implications for the way a company operates. So a payout ratio looks at the earnings per share. And the earnings per share can do one of two things. It can be what we call retained earnings. So these are earnings that are going being reinvested in the company to help it grow. Or it can be as a dividend paid out to shareholders. And so this would be, this is 
to share uh, this would represent uh, cash flow to shareholders so again we can think of this in, in a number of different ways if we're looking for a growth company we're looking for the size of the company to grow so we want this number to be larger this number to be smaller. We don't want to re we don't want to take money out of the company, rather we want to make it bigger. If we're looking for income, then we want this number, whatever profits the company makes, we want as much of this to flow to us as possible. So the payout ratio then is expressed as the ratio of dividends paid out. So what percentage is this? as a percentage of our profits, uh, of our uh, earnings per share. Sorry, let's use the same color here. And mature companies, typically this is higher because they're not going to be growing as much. So there's no point in trying to reinvest if they're not, that reinvested money isn't going to earn a good return by growing the company, might as well give it to the shareholders. So as an example here, we have a company that has paid out, and this again is in your notes, paid out a dividend last year of $3, and they paid that out of the $5 that they earned. So our payout ratio will reflect that 3 out of every $5 profit went back to the investor or 60% of what the company earned is its payout ratio. We can have a payout ratio, believe it or not, and this is often a, a sign we look for, this can be larger than 100%, which means the company is using savings pay dividends and that might not be a good thing all sorts of different ways and interpretations we can have of this the next we'll look at is a stock split so let's say that we have a company here that has Let's say we have a company here that has uh, 1 million shares outstanding and each share is worth $1,000. So the price of each share is $1,000. Well, if you want to get any liquidity, any cash at all, we'd have to sell the whole share to get, and even if we just wanted 50 bucks, we'd have to sell the whole share and take $1,000. So what we do is we split the stock. What that means is we take these shares and we split one share to however many shares we want. Now, in the example, we're going to split one share 
uh, into 2. So this would be a 2 for 1, 2 for 1 stock split. So every one share now becomes 2. So these of these million shares, every shareholder will now get 2 million shares. These become 2 million shares, and each share now is worth half the value. So instead of having one share worth 1,000, investors will have two shares worth $500 each. We can also do the, the reverse. We can do a reverse stock split. And this can sometimes be useful if we have a share with a low value. So let's take the same example. We'll take 1,000 shares. I'm just going to do this title a little bit, little bit better. I can't seem to spell split today. So let's take a million shares and let's say that each share is worth one dollar. So what we do is we do a reverse split and we would do a, let's say, a one to two split. So what that means is that these million shares are going to be reduced to 500,000 shares and our $1 is now going to be $2. So now an investor, instead of having two shares worth a dollar each, they're going to have one share worth $2. The last one I want to talk about today is known as the P.E., the price over earnings ratio, or the multiple. And we use this to compare the price that we're paying. So our P.E. ratio is equal to the price that we're paying relative to the earnings or the profit of the company. And usually most companies, you pay 12 to 15 times their earnings. Later on, we're going to use this quite a bit uh, uh, to interpret things. But I just want to show you an example here where we, ha where we would use this and try and understand why. It's, uh, it's called a relative price. And it's relative to the amount that we earn. So let's take a look at two companies. Now, company A and company B. And I'm just going to move this over here a bit. Let's say that they both have the same market cap. So they're the same size company. And we're going to make them a billion-dollar company. So these folks are both worth... billion dollars. And what we're going to do is we're going to change the number of shares that each company has issued. 
So this company has issued a million, uh, 100 million shares, whereas company B decided only to issue a million shares. Now, carrying on with the example, they both issue, they both are worth a billion dollars, and they're, we're going to make their earnings, their total earnings, exactly the same. So each company then last year we're going to say has earned 10 million. Now remember the only difference between these two companies is the number of ways we've divided it up. Both of these companies worth a billion dollars can earn 10 million in a year. Well I want you to notice what's going to happen now to their earnings per share. And this is where we've got to be really careful interpreting our earnings per share. If we have total earnings of 10 million for both, and they're essentially the same company, but this one has a hundred million shares where this one company B has only one million shares then here our company has earned 10 cents a share here we've earned ten dollars a share in a sense it's like saying if we owned a hundred shares of this, the earnings that we would have distributed at 10 cents per share would be the same as owning one share of this. Hundred and we've issued a hundred times as many shares. So what we do now, remembering that our market cap is simply or our our price can be calculated using the market cap. So the price is simply the market cap, one billion for both, divided by the number of shares that we have for both. So again, both companies worth the same in terms of market cap have earned the same, the only difference again being the number of shares that we have for each. So again, to figure out the price, all we do is we take the market cap and we divide it by the number of shares that we've issued. So this is a million. So what we end up with then is a price that is different for both even though they earn the same amount even though they're the same size and we could be mistaken to think that company A is quote unquote worth only ten dollars a share while company B stock price is a thousand dollars a share but what are we really paying for if we're paying for earnings, then notice that our $10 bought 
buys us 10 cents worth of earnings. Our $1,000 gets us $10 worth of earnings. So what our PE then asks is it simply says, okay, for every dollar that I spend, how much earnings do I get? So here, for every dollar I spend on this stock, the earnings are a hundred times that. So I pay a hundred times the earnings for one share. Notice that here, because the price is larger and the earnings are larger, that again, for every dollar of earnings, I pay a hundred times while their stock price, because of the number of shares that are there, may be different. Their relative price, which is the P-E ratio, is exactly the same.